Hey guys, hope all is well. Today we will be doing podcast number 14 with Kent State men's basketball assistant coach Randall Holt. So, coach, why don't you give us some background about yourself? Uh, how you doing, everyone? How you doing, Lee? Man, I appreciate you for having me on your podcast today. Um, my name is Randall Holt. I'm an assistant coach for the Kent State men's basketball team. Um, I actually played college basketball at Kent State. Um, I graduated back in 2013, and I went to play overseas for a few years. I played in Germany, and I played in Bolivia and South America before getting into coaching. Um, once I was done playing, you know, I kind of always wanted to coach. You know, I, was, I played point guard when I did play basketball, so I was always a leader and then an extension of the coach on the floor. So I just always wanted to get into coaching. And once I was finished playing, I got the opportunity here at Kent State to be a player development coach, which was 2018-2019 season. Um, you know, I got a chance to really be around the game and learn a lot um, from the coaching standpoint of the game. And the following year, I got an opportunity to go work for my former head coach, um, Gino Ford at Stony Brook University. Um, so I was there for two years. And we had we had really good time. I worked with amazing people there. We won a lot of games. And this this year um, in June, I was granted the opportunity to come back to Kent State as a full time assistant coach. So I'm here now back at Kent State. Um, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. The head coach here at Kent State, Rob Senderoff, he actually coached me in college as well. So for my first two years, the head coach was Geno Ford. And for my last two years of college, the head coach was Rob Senderoff. So it's been a pleasure, man, being able to play for both of those guys and now being able to say I worked for both of those guys. So, you know, it's really been a pleasure. It's been a fun road. Um, it's been very exciting, man. I'm just really glad and really happy to be around basketball. Basketball has always been my life. It's always, you know, took up all of my time. It's, it's something I, I dedicated myself to when I was a young boy. And, um, you know, it's just great to have this opportunity right now. Yeah, that's awesome. And congrats again, your assistant coaching job at Kent State. And let's go back, like when you were in high school trying to get to play college basketball, like what was that, like the recruiting process like in high school, like trying to get to playing college? Well, when I was in high school, um, I was like one of the top players in, the, in Ohio, in the state. And, you know, I had a lot of schools um, in our region and in the Mac in the Mid-American Conference that reached out to me and offered me a scholarship. Um, you know, I was one of those kids in high school that was a really hard worker. I was one of those kids that was a really tough player. I kind of played with a chip on my shoulder. I, I really wanted a scholarship for one of these Division One schools. And, you know, that's kind of how I approached the game every single day. You know, I I never took any shortcuts or anything like that. And I went hard and I really competed. So, you know, that process of me going to college or getting a college scholarship offer, you know, it was a lot. It meant a lot. It meant everything for me and my family. Um, I had, you know, my, my mom and my dad, they had sacrificed a lot, you know, when I was growing up as far as putting me on different teams and traveling all over the country, you know, so I can play basketball. And, you know, it, it meant a lot. It meant everything. And, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and Kent State is 30 minutes from Cleveland, Ohio. So, you know, it, it was it was an amazing opportunity to be able to come to Kent State and play here, you know, which is really close to home for me. So my family and my friends and everyone that I that I associated myself with 
were always able to come up and see my games. You know, they always kind of traveled with the team a little bit and kind of, you know, came to games that were pretty close locally, but they all came to all the home games. And it was just an amazing opportunity to be able to play college basketball, Division One, 30 minutes from my hometown. Um, so, you know, it was, it, it, was, it, was, it was an amazing experience. That's awesome how you were, how you were able to play, like, at, play at a college that's, like, really close to your hometown. And, like, something Absolutely. I want to ask you is when, Col- when Coach Ford was – when he left and then sent, Coach Sendoff came in, like, what was that transition like for you, like, during your playing days? Um, it wasn't a hard transition. Um, when, when Coach Ford was the head coach here at Kent State, Coach Sinderoff was the top assistant here at Kent State. Um, he was our associate head coach at the time. And Coach Sinderoff actually recruited me to come to Kent State. So he was the guy that would call my parents. He would call me. He would come and see me play, you know, and things like that and check on me a lot. So, you know, it wasn't a hard transition because, you know, Coach Sinderoff just kind of got bumped up to the head coaching spot. And we had already been very, very familiar with Coach Cinderoff as a program. He had been in this program for a while at that point. And, um, you know, so it was it was a little different. It's, it was a little different than actually bringing in a total new coach, you know, from outside of the program, just coming in and kind of putting his stamp on things. Coach Cinderoff was already there. You know, he kind of already had a, a, a tremendous idea of how the program is ran. And he did a he, he did a wonderful job of just transitioning from an assistant to a head coach, um, you know, with a lot of the players that he recruited there. And he's he's still at Kent State. This is his 11th season coming up, I believe. And, um, you know, he's still doing an awesome job, a tremendous job. You know, Kent State is a really good program, always been a winning program and things like that. So, you know, it, the transition wasn't too rough. It, you know, it wasn't too rough. It was actually pretty easy and pretty smooth knowing that Coach Cinderoff you know, he had already been familiar with everyone in the in the program. Yeah, I just wanted to say too that Coach Sendoff was actually on my on my podcast. And great guy. He was amazing, and like we had a great we had a great discussion, and like absolutely the success he's had has been great at Kent State. But mm-hmm. like back to you, like when you transitioned into your professional playing career, like what was that like for you like now having to go play outside the country? Um, it was very different. Um, I was excited. You know, I was eager. It was something that I've always wanted to do my whole life. I've always wanted to be a professional basketball player. Um, but the transition wasn't as easy. Um, you know, when you're playing Division One college basketball, you have a lot of people that support you. You have a lot of people that are, in place to help you. You have a lot of people there to make sure that you succeed in a lot of different areas in life, not just sports, but, you know, off the floor, academically, your home life, your family life, you know, at a division one school, a lot of coaches and life coaches and, and, you know, guidance counselors and people you grow to love and have a relationship with, they really do a, a wonderful job of making sure that you have the resources that you need to be successful on the court and off the court. Um, when I went to go play basketball abroad, when I went to go play overseas, um, a lot of those things weren't there. You know, you're kind of, you spend a lot of that time on your own. You know, you have a lot of teammates that you're not really familiar with and things like that. 
and you know, it's, there's a culture shock. There's a language barrier. Um, I played in Germany. So, you know, the, the language barrier was, uh, was pretty tough for me and, you know, the food and the tradition, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty big culture shock that you get used to over time, you know? So I did get used to the, you know, to it over time and I would eat a lot of different foods over there and try a lot of different things. And looking back on it, it was one amazing experience to be able to go live abroad like that and play sports and, you know, be deemed as a professional athlete at the time. Um, the basketball part is very good competition over there. Um, guys love basketball over there and they work really hard. Um, but, you know, I, my thing was I really couldn't see myself playing basketball in Europe for 10 plus years into my late 30s. So I decided to retire pretty early just to get, get my career started in coaching and give back to younger people, you know, who's, who's in the same situation I was in previous, previously. Um, it's really an amazing thing to be able to pour into these young people's hearts, man, and pour into their lives and help them. You know, a lot of these kids, they need it, they want it. And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a blessing to be able to help people. Um, when I was playing in Germany and I was playing overseas in Bolivia and things like that, it was it was one amazing experience, and, and the one thing I really do take from all of that is the amazing people that I've met along the way. Um, you know, with social media and different things like that, I'm able to keep in contact with people. You know, uh, halfway across the world or in another country, just you know, from meeting them and having good energy and good vibes, and you know, just being a good person. You know, it takes you a long way. Um, and, you know, I tell I tell my players all the time, some of the guys that want to go overseas or want to continue their career after college, you know, everyone doesn't get the opportunity to do that. You know, so if you do get the opportunity to go play abroad and become a professional basketball player, you know, you're you're a lucky you're a lucky person and you've put the work in. I, I You know, I, I, I like I said lucky, but I don't really like to use the word lucky. Um, or luck or anything like that. I just believe that you you really put the work in, and you and you're you're being rewarded for the work that you put into the game. Um, you know, and you have to be a hard worker. You have to be a strong individual. You have to really love the game of basketball in order to go play abroad. You know, because of all of the other things that you face um, off the court, as far as spending ninety percent of the time alone or having two practices every single day, you know, or, or traveling 12 hours for one game. You know, it's a lot of things in place that you deal with while you're overseas that you can't really account for before you go over there. And you have to be a strong-minded person. You have to be a goal-driven person, someone that wants, that, that, that really has their mind set on being a professional basketball player. And I, and I tell guys all the time that it's, it's an amazing experience it's something that if you get the opportunity to do, you should take that opportunity and you should enjoy every minute of it because, you know, now I'm 30 years old and I'm coaching and I'm looking back on my life. And, you know, sometimes I reflect on those days and it was just an amazing, it was a beautiful experience. It was beautiful. So, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed my time over there. Um, and, I, and I, and I enjoyed the people that I met and the people that I were able to work with over there and have relationships with. That was that was good, like hearing your experience in Germany and like who was the best player who you ever gone up against during your playing days, whether it was in college or whether it was overseas? 
Um, well, while I was in college, I would have to say C.J. McCullough, uh, who plays shooting guard for the Portland Trailblazers now. Um, me and C.J., we grew up playing AAU and, and, and travel ball together and against each other. And, you know, we, we got a chance to match up in college. He was at Lehigh University while I was at Kent State University. And, you know, we played against him. And this was when we, we were sophomores in college. And, um, you know, I just remember after the game, I, I looked at the box score and he scored 42 points <laughs> and uh, we, we won the game, but that's when I knew CJ was on his way to some really big things as far as basketball. And, you know, and you see where he is now and he's a very humble individual, you know, and he's blessed and, you know, things and, and blessings come his way because he's a humble individual. He's such a hard worker. Um, so I would have to say CJ McCullough. That's really cool how, how you were able to play with C.J. McCollum and, like, one of the more noticeable players, like, around the league and around the NBA. And Absolutely. But back to, back to you, like, with your with – what, like, what was the transition, like, being a player overseas to now getting back into the coaching ranks, like, in the United States? Um, I think the transition was pretty smooth. I always wanted to be involved with basketball. I always wanted basketball to be my life and be a major part of my life. Um, when I came back from playing basketball in Europe, you know, that I, 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 there was nothing else I wanted to do in life besides become a coach. I um, mean, really help, help younger guys, you know, get to where they want to go in life and help them become men from boys and, and help them really mature the way that they should and, you know, just have a really positive and great outlook on life. Um, you know, when I was in these guys' shoes, I had several people um, that I still look up to and I still admire to this day that helped me become the person I am today. Um, you know, and it was, it was my coaches. It was, it was our head coach. It was our assistant coach. It was, you know, I had older people that I just always looked up to that, that wanted to see me do well and would always tell me the right things. So I just kind of wanted, you know, when it came down to coaching, I always wanted to be that person, you know, the person that helped people and, you know, the person that could really relate to the kids and, and, and also just keep, hold them accountable. You know, a lot of these guys, they have dreams, they have aspirations and, and, you know, they want to be great. And, you know, the only way you get there sometimes is if you're held accountable, if you're held accountable for your, your bad days, your good days, you know, things like that. And I just try to spend as much time as I can with, with, with the players and, you know, just kind of sweat equity is, is really big, you know, relationships I'm really big on. So the transition was actually really smooth. Basketball is something I've done my whole life. It's, it's something that's been a part of me my whole life. So to be able to teach it, you know, and, and, and really, and really see how you're affecting these young people's lives. It's amazing. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, like I love like how you hold the kids like accountable. Like that's something that sticks for me too. Like when I work with kids is holding them accountable and like teaching them like how to be leaders. Like that was like a few things like you said, like you said you said in your response to that question. And those are just what really what really stood out to me. Absolutely. And what was so like what were your responsibilities like your first year in coaching, like what, as a director of player development at Kent State? Um, so I was not able to work with guys on the court. 
Um, the NCAA did not approve for that position to be on the court and work with guys or rebound or put guys through drills. So I really attacked it from the, um, the like, just the, the exact title, player development. Um, just being a, a, a positive role model, I had different duties that I would have to do inside the office with the coaches and things like that. But with the players, I more so just was a positive role model, you know, just kind of would talk to the guys. I would have meetings with the guys, just kind of explaining to them how professional basketball goes or just, you know, talking to the guys about their goals and things like that. And you'll, and you'll find out a lot about some of these guys. You'll, you'll hear that a lot of guys want to have a family and guys want to be successful and, and guys want, some guys want to play, some guys don't want to play. And, you know, I was able to really tap into all of those different things with all of the players, um, just kind of providing them with positive feedback. Maybe sometimes it may, it could be negative feedback, which is really just the truth. You know, sometimes they may not want to hear it, but they'll respect you for telling them the truth. Um, and, you know, so that's more so the side of things that I tackled um, outside of doing a lot of office work and things like that and film work. Um, you know, so that that's kind of what the player development um, role was for me at Kent State. Um, and then transitioning to Stony Brook, where I was a full time assistant, um, you know, it was much different. I was I was working with the guys on the court. Um, I was doing scouting reports, watching film with the guys. Um, watching a lot of film with the other coaching staff members, you know, it was, it was a step up. So it was a little more responsibility. Um, and I, and I loved it. It was a smooth transition. Um, Gino Ford is an awesome human being and an even better coach, you know, so, you know, me having a pre-existing relationship with him prior to going to work for him, you know, it, it meant a lot, you know, it meant a lot. I, I never, never thought I'm, I'm a kid from the Midwest, Ohio, and I never thought that I would be living in New York at any time in my life, you know. So that was a great experience. Um, we won a lot of games at Stony Brook. And, you know, I'm just excited and I'm ecstatic about being back home. You know, home is home. I went to school here. I played for the, for the head coach here. You know, there's a lot of familiar faces in the building that I know and I remember and I had good relationships with. And, you know, just people that want to see you do well. And, and more importantly, my family is here. Um, you know, my family is 30 minutes up the road and it's been a, it's been a really good journey to get here. And I'm just excited and ready to work hard for coach Cinderoff. And I'm just excited to win games and, you know, be successful, have a, have a great season this year and help these guys achieve their goals as a team and individually. Yeah. We are talking about this upcoming season for you guys later on the podcast, but first, talking about last season, it's like what things have you learned about the game of basketball and the coaching business during the COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, one thing I learned that, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic was hard for everyone involved in sports, whether it be players, coaches, parents, um, referees, you know, anybody involved in sports, you know, it was, it was a difficult time, you know, and, and it really showed, how much sports really mean to our country and how, you know, how, how, how much sports bring people together in our country. Um, I know there were fans that didn't get able to get out and, and see their favorite players or see their favorite teams this year. Um, there were players, you know, who, who weren't able to, you know, have the same type of human interaction that they would normally have during a regular season. They had to play games, you know, with high stakes, um, 
with no fans, you know, with no motivation. Sometimes, you know, guys on the team, we are our own fans, you know, so we have to get each other going and bring energy sometimes. And a lot of times players feed off of that energy from the fans and they weren't present this year. Um, just even touching on the travel a little bit, like, you know, traveling from game to game, you know, being tested three times a week. Um, you know, sometimes getting to a school and, you know, there's a positive test or there's, you know, there's an issue with the testing and then things are delayed. So what I learned about COVID-19 was that it was hard on everyone. You know, it, it wasn't an easy time for anyone to deal with. Um, and, you know, just relating it to sports and to the real world, you know, there were people losing their lives. There were people losing family members you know, and, and, and things like that, which is, which is awful. And, you know, so when they, when they kind of restrict our no not having fans or not being able to travel to certain places, you know, that's a, that's a small issue in the grand scheme of things. You know, when you, when you think about people losing their lives and people losing family members and, you know, people going through real tragedy behind this, this disease or this virus. So, you know, it's a, it was, it was a hard year. And, 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 I, and I tip my hat off to coaches, players, referees, um, faculty members, everyone that had a hand in helping people come together to, to continue sports in the college world, in the high school world, in the professional world. You know, it, it was a hard thing to do. It was a hard thing to juggle. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was definitely a hard year for all of us. But the light at the end of the tunnel is that fans are coming back into the arenas. And talking about last night, the 2021 NBA draft, what are your thoughts about what happened last night? Like I were, I was in attendance for the draft and it was great being there, but like, I want to know, like from your perspective, like what stood out to you about the draft? Like if you can talk about like what your thoughts were, were are greatly appreciated. Uh, the NBA draft every year is an exciting time. You see these guys, these kids go up there and hear their name called, and it's, and it's a dream come true. Um, you know, people are really able to celebrate with their families and really just celebrate all the hard work that they put in throughout their time playing the sport. Um, you got, like I said, you have families, you have parents, a lot of people, you have coaches and trainers and things like that. You have a lot of people that have helped those guys get to where they are today, you know, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to see them reap the benefits of, all the hard work and, and, and things that they've put into, into, into the game. And, you know, it's, uh, it's actually a really, it's actually a really fun day, NBA draft day, because, you know, a lot of college players watch that stuff. They watch the draft and they know some of the guys that actually are getting drafted. And, you know, it just motivates people to, to, to go that much harder in their craft, put that much work in, you know, pay, pay more attention to detail, you know, because it becomes realistic at that point. Um, not everyone will get drafted into the NBA. And, and that's a harsh reality that we as basketball players have to accept when that day comes. But until then, all you can do is give it your all and, and, and go 110% and be a good person, be a good teammate, you know, and have good faith and, and, and things will fall out the cars, the cars will be dealt to you in the way they, they need to be dealt to you so you can play your hand. But, um, yeah, I know it's, a, it's an ecstatic thing, but I've never been to the NBA draft. Um, 
hopefully I can go one day just to experience the environment and things like that. But I was I was happy to see those guys, you know, get picked and get their names called. Yeah, like talking more deeper into the draft, like what were some surprises to you? Like what stood out to you? Like if you could talk about like what like if there yeah, like if there are any surprises, anything that you expected to happen, like in terms of like the players and where they got picked. Um, I don't think I was surprised by any of that stuff. I know that the the picks and the, the draft picks, you know, those those teams that pick these players, they go off of uh, you know, what they need and what they think will help their team. They have um they've worked these guys out numerous of times and been following these guys and you know, have done extensive homework on these players. So, you know, I, I don't I don't really get too much into the, you know, the surprise element of who got picked here and who got picked here. You know, I think it's a beautiful thing that all of those guys had their names called and were able to really enjoy the the moment that they were in. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't really get too much into the, the picks and things like that. GMs and teams, they they pretty much pick a player that fits their program and believe that that player can really help them at that moment. So um, I kind of, I, I did, I did believe that Kay Cunningham was going to go number one. Um, so yeah, that I, I, I was, I was, I wasn't shocked. I was kind of, I kind of knew that Kay Cunningham would go number one overall. Yeah, definitely agree that it's like a, that's a blessing to be picked and just to have your name heard by by the commissioner and the, dep- and the deputy commissioner, it's just a blessing to hear your name called. Like if if your name is called in the top six in the for the sixty picks, but now moving on to this upcoming season, if you can give us a preview of what we should expect from you guys next season, this upcoming season. Um, we have a we have a roster with a really with really good players. Um, from top to bottom, we have really good players um and if you if you know anything about Kent State and Rob Senderoff's style of play you know we're going to compete um you know when, when when guys watch us play after the game they're going to say man that team really plays hard those guys compete you know that's a that's a that's a must we have really good pieces to our team um we have we have older players that have done it before um that should have really good seasons this year individually which will collectively, you know, bring together a really good season for our team. Um, you know, we've had our guys on campus this summer now. This is the seventh week that the guys have been here. Um, we have an eight-week program in the summer where guys come out and they take class and work out, um, you know, four times a week. So, you know, we've been having a really progressive summer with our guys, and we're looking forward to the season. Um, we should have a really good team. We should have, we got good pieces. We have a great coach. Um, and like I said, we're going to compete. We're going to play hard. So that's uh that's kind of the motto of a, of a coach sender off team competing and playing hard, being tough, being physical, you know, and just outworking your opponent. So we're kind of, we're excited. We're, we're very excited about the year. And, and I think we'll, I think we'll do really well. Yeah. Can't wait to watch you guys play and like, Hear, hear about the hear about how you guys are doing this upcoming season. But most importantly, thank you so much for coming on this podcast, and thank you to everyone who will be listening to this podcast when it comes out. And have a great day.